0: Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Hey, we're going to continue our series here. 2020, again, I just can pass up the year 2020, having a little fun with this, as we talk about, you know, vision and, and purpose. And again, not vision and purpose for us as a congregation so much, but vision and purpose for us in our own lives, our personal lives. And so we've kind of been kicking this question around here, who do you see when you see yourself? You know, to picked off the first week, we had those little, you know, throwaway mirrors and, and, you know, kind of looked at ourselves. We asked that question, who do you see when you see yourself? We said, you know, when you see yourself, you know, no matter what you may see, ultimately when you see yourself, you see someone who God says has a value. Someone that God says is important, so much so that he sent his one and only son Jesus to die on the cross. Who do you see when you see yourself? Well, you see yourself as one that God has a plan for. So you know, our, our focus, our theme verse is Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. And let's read those words together. God saved you through faith as an act of kindness. You had nothing to do with it. Being saved is a gift from God. It is not the result of anything you have done, so no one can brag about it. God has made you what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works that he's prepared us to do. God has made you, he's made me, he's made us what we are. So as we ask that question, who do we see when we see ourselves? We see someone that God has made, someone that he has formed in our mother's womb, someone that he has shaped in the waters of baptism and in faith. To be his child. Well, as we do that, we're going to continue here. We're going to take a look and, and d- dive a little bit into this text of Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Now, if you remembered, if you memorized long ago, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, how does that verse start out? Go ye therefore. Anyone know it that way? You know, go ye therefore. Go and make disciples. It's not the best translation. You know, it's the King James Version, but the more, you know, accurate translation is the one that we're using here from God's Word Translation called, wherever you go, wherever you go, do what? Make disciples. How do you make disciples? You baptize and you teach. Wherever you go, make disciples. And so we're going to talk today about that sense of, you know, who do we see when we see ourselves? We see ourselves as those whom Jesus has called to do what? To go, to go and and to make disciples, to go and and to share the good news, to go and to share his love. So as we think about that, and most often we hear these words here, you know, we think about something like this here, right? You know, that when he says go, we think about those who are off in the foreign mission fields. Whether you're part of a team, like, you know, we've had the team in the past that have gone to Mexico or Poland from here, that, you know, they've gone for short-term missions, or like we talked about, you know, Chelsea you know, packing our bags and heading over to the Czech Republic to, you know, do mission work over there. And she's already begun that as she went out and explored, you know, the new town she's in and began meeting with, you know, some of the people. And she said, those clerks, those could going to be my first friends in the community she has in mind. You know, we think about Go and we think about Gary Teese. And, and, and Gary Teese, who, you know, often comes in and, and he tells us about the missionaries, you know, missionaries like, you know, a 22-year-old Chelsea, or sometimes it's a 30-year-old or 40-year-old, 50-year-old, I've seen, I think he sent out 70-year-olds from Mission Central that have felt God calling them to go, and they pack their bags, and they go to the far ends of the earth. But our Savior, when he calls us to go, does he call us to go way far, far, far away? Some of you are like not sure. You just kind of, or you're sleeping. It's cold, and you're just frozen zombies, you know. And some of you are like no, and and then some of you said not sure. Not sure is probably a better answer. Not sure, maybe, possibly, could be, depends. I mean, some of us, yes, God is calling us to pack our bags and head off an adventure well beyond our comfort zones, well beyond what we know. And for others of us, you know, we don't have to go very far. But as we think about you know, what it means to, to be here and, and to, to be present in our community as a follower of Jesus, especially as we want to you know, be on that mission. Now, sometimes we think about that, that mission and what it means to be on that mission, what it means to go, is, is sometimes we think it means something like this, and therefore some of us are a bit dreadful of this idea, right? The end is near, and you're standing there in the street corner, you want everybody to know this may be your last opportunity you know, to believe in Jesus, The end is near. Well, the end is nearer than it was before. But often if we see ourselves engaging culture this way, you know, we see like everybody's just walking past and ignoring this guy. You know, he may be proclaiming the truth. But nobody's listening. Or maybe something more like this here. And this guy here's got the Bible, and the Bible's good. You know, we want to read the Bible, study the scriptures, it's good for our lives, but, you know, what is he doing? He's pointing his finger, right? And it's easy for us to do that, even if we don't do that a whole lot, if we do that here in our own circles. It's easy for us to say, God's word says, and we start pointing the finger. Now, that doesn't mean that we, don't not, we do not not point out, you know, sin, but when we do so as the Pharisees did and we call people out and we become self-righteous and the only thing we do is tell people how they're wrong and how, you know, culture is wrong and, 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 and they better get it right, then that's the image they have that we've given them of God and, and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But as we talk about mission, you know, let's kind of back up here, um, where does mission begin? We hear these words, you know, Jesus says, wherever you go, you know, where does mission begin? Good answer. Not the answer I was looking for. It is right under your feet. But as, as I think about, you know, where does mission begin? I think mission begins with Jesus. It begins with Jesus because that's what God is all about. God is all about mission. You go back all the way to Genesis, Adam and Eve sinned against God, and God made that promise, Genesis 3.15. We've shared that scripture verse before. God said to Adam and Eve, you know, your descendant will come and he will crush the head of the serpent. His heel will be bruised. He will be wounded. But the serpent, the devil, will have the fatal blow. Or think of these words here, John 3.16. Let's read this together. God loved the world this way, gave his only son That everyone who believes in Him will not die, but have eternal life. God loved the world this way. He sent His Son. See, our God is a missionary God. Our God sent His Son into our world to live, to bleed, to die, and to rise to life for us and for the world. Mission begins not not with us, it begins with our God. It begins with the love that he has for each and every one of us. A love that he says not only to us, because we've been talking about this during this sermon series, but to each and every person. You are so important to me. You are of such value to me that I would send my son to the cross to die. Mission begins in the heart and the love of our God. But as we think about you know, Jesus you know, and, and, and what Jesus did, Jesus lived out that mission life. We often hear in the scriptures, you know, one example, Luke 15, two, where it says the Pharisees and the experts in Moses' teachings, they complained, they grumble, they whine. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus was, was often eating with, he was hanging out with, he was spending time with, those that the religious crowd saw as undesirable. Those that it had been easy for them to hold up their scriptures and point the finger at and say, you guys got it all wrong, you're, you're in trouble. And Jesus spent time with them, loving them, and showing them and living with them God's amazing love. Mission begins with Jesus, but mission also begins in our homes. You think about that for just a moment. One of the most important places that mission work begins for us as followers of Jesus is in our homes. It's in the way that we live. It's in the way that we raise our kids, you know, the way that we share with one another. And that doesn't mean you have to have a perfect home. I don't know how many of you have a perfect home. You know, growing up, it was not a perfect home that I lived in. You know, yet my mom had some part of shaping my faith life as, you know, she was a follower of Jesus. You know, and and raising our family. We did not have a perfect family. Everything was always perfect. Yet we still lived and we shared in that love. We lived out our faith. And that could be one of the most powerful witnesses we could have in our households, in our homes, whether it's just us, whether our household is, you know, that kind of normal family. I don't know what a normal family is, you know, husband, wife, and 2.3 kids. Um, Whether it's a single home, whether it's grandparents raising the kids, you know, whether it's step, you know, children, it's a mixed family, all those kind of different things that mix around. You know, it's as we live out this faith. Jesus says it this way in John three thirteen fifteen. Let's read this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples because of your love for each other. Because of our love for each other. Now again, that doesn't mean that we don't bicker and fight. You know that we we don't have our issues and our struggles. But the love that we talk about here, that love that you know, brought God to send His only Son into the world to die for us. Is the love that shapes our relationships, especially to those closest to us, to those whom we love. That mission work begins in our home. It begins as, you know, as we talk about too, as we gather here and and, and we share that love as a community of of households, of, of individual lives coming together. Mission begins with Jesus. Mission begins. And our home. And mission begins in our backyard. Uh, Now, I don't know if your backyard is like my backyard right now. It's frozen, right? But, you know, this is what we mean. And and some of you already answered this. You jumped the gun already. So you were right. It's just a third point here in in the message. That the mission field is where? It's right under our feet. It's wherever we are at. Now, for some of us, that means we are traveling far, far away for an extended time. Some of us, you know, because of work, we travel from time to time. And so, you know, we are in that mission field. For a lot of us, you know, our backyard, and I don't just mean your physical backyard, but, but the places where you, you live and, and you work and you play. Acts 1.8, you know, we hear these words of Jesus. Let's read this together. You will be my witnesses to testify about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the, and the words here that Jesus gives, and this is part of that, that time when he was gathered with his disciples, you know, like Matthew 28, and then Luke here in he records Acts a little bit more what Jesus says. You will be my what? My witnesses. And, and the best way that, that we can witness is through our actions, through the love that we share in our backyard, our neighborhood, our community, wherever our feet are planted. Now, that we do want to be prepared to give an answer, as Peter writes, for the hope that we have. And we've talked about this before a number of different times, and as we talk about sharing our faith with someone, because you know, sometimes God provides that opportunity, and we get it. Somebody says, why are you doing this? You know, or you know, we invite them to church, and they finally say yes. But we talk about three A's. Anyone remember the three A's? So let's review. That way you remember them again. Ask, right. So you got some of that. You ask. Ask questions. Get to know people. I mean, not now probably, though we did move 22 years ago, 23 years ago in January and a day kind of like today, not quite so icy, um, and my wife was pregnant, and it was not a fun day to move. Um, but usually people move in the summertime, so you can get out you get to know them, meet them. But ask questions. Get to know people. Get to know the people you work with, the people that you're sitting next to as you watch the kids play basketball or baseball or soccer or whatever they're doing, dancing and swimming. Get to know the people that, that you may you know, run and up against and, and meet throughout the day. Ask those questions. And then the other is to admire Admire what you can. And admiring doesn't mean that you know, we say, hey, what you believe is okay, what I believe is okay, everything's okay because every road leads to heaven. We don't believe that. We believe Jesus' words where he says he is the only way. But we can admire their faithfulness to whatever it is they believe. We can admire the fact that they, they do believe or that they're intellectual and they think things through. Whatever it is, we find those opportunities to admire you know, th- their journey and, and how they've explored. But ultimately, you know, we want to have the opportunity, and it may not just be a bam, 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 maybe over the course of days, weeks, months, years, that we have the opportunity to admit what we believe. But it's also so much easier to admit what we believe as we share our faith in who Jesus is, is if we have lived in that love that God has for us. If we have shared that love with our family, with our community, with one another. See, it begins in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, that was, in a sense, that was their backyard. That was the people that, you know, thought, looked like, you know, acted a lot like them. And then there was, you know, Judea, which was kind of same, you know, area, but people that are a little bit different than they were. And you know some of those people who are different from you, you know. Maybe they're different because they, politically they're different. Maybe because ethnically, you know, they're, they're, they're different. They've even, maybe even moved to other country and they've moved here. They believe different. Samaria, people a little further away that, that, again, believe definitely different than what we do. And then even to the very ends of the earth. And, you know, God maybe is even calling you from where you're at now. But wherever you are, we are called to be fully present. Fully present in the places where God has called us to serve, to work, to play, to live. Or in these words of Jesus in Matthew 5. Let's read together. In the same way, let your light shine in front of people. Then they will see the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. So, you know, we, how do we do this? Well, Wanda, you know, we, we strive to live in that love that we have, especially in our households and in, in our community of believers here. Again, are we going to do that perfectly? Say, no, because we're not. Um, but can we continue working on that? Continue working, you know, as God's grace shapes our lives. Yes, we can. We can continue sharing the love that our God has for us. The other is, you know, again, I think like Chelsea who's gone off and already taken her little adventure into several of the shops in the area and getting to know some of the clerks. You know, get to know our community. I mean, some of us have lived here a long time, and we may know the community or we may know a little safe box of our community. So challenge yourself to steps outside. Of what you know, get to know the needs of the community, the people whose lives intersect with yours. Get to know your neighbors, especially when the weather warms up. That's when I met some of my neighbors. When the weather's really cold and we talk outside, I don't know why we do that. I don't know why I do that. I don't why does God give me the opportunity to do that then and not in a pleasant day when it's nice outside. That is how I got to know one of my neighbors. You know, finally on a cold, cold day. It was the only time that he was out in his yard, and I pulled in and I said, "All right, God, you said in my heart that I should get out and meet him." So, brr. So let's go back to the, this is a question, a challenge we had for us last week that, that really feeds into today as well. How you live your calling this week? We are called to go, whether that going is not far beyond Lincoln, or whether that going takes us beyond the borders of Nebraska beyond the borders of the United States, we are called to go and to be witnesses of the love that God has for us, of the love that makes our God say to his son, go. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise for the gift of your amazing love. Lord, as we think about this 2020 vision, a sense of our purpose, we are called to go. We are called to share the love that you have shared with us in your son, Jesus Christ. Bless us, we pray in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening. And until next time.